Christmas, everybody. Man, we are, we are thanking you for being with us tonight. We're so glad that you came out. And those of you that are joining us online, I want to start off by wishing you all a Merry Christmas. In fact, why don't you turn to your neighbor right now and wish them a Merry Christmas? Maybe they sat down kind of a, towards the end. I love the way we started off the service tonight with worship. I don't know how much you love worship, but normally each year, hi, sweetie. Normally each year we, we have a Christmas Eve service and then a few days before or a few days after we have a, a regular celebration service, but this year it's just going to be a Christmas Eve service. In fact, if you show up tomorrow at 9.30 or 11.15, you'll be a part of our parking lot ministry and you'll be able to say hello to everybody else that didn't remember that we we're only doing the service tonight. But um, since worship is really a big part of our weekend services, we wanted to incorporate worship tonight and, and make sure that we recognize that Jesus really is the reason for the season. In fact, I love the, one of the carols that we sang earlier that I would encourage you to make it the theme of your Christmas thing, and it's, Oh, come, let us adore him. You know, that isn't just about a song, and it isn't just about in a moment. It's about having adoration for your king, where he's in the center place of your life. And today, I'm really not making that as a statement, but more as an invitation for all of us in this Christmas season to say, Oh, come, let us adore him. Let's put Jesus back where he belongs in our life. We're, we're living in a nation that's gotten away from that, and it's so easy for us to drift. But in that, I, wanna, I do want to make a statement that, that says, until you really come to the place where your entire passion and devotion is for Christ the Lord, until he's the focus of your life, you're, you're always going to find yourself in a search for significance, trying to discover meaning in your life, trying to discover the purpose of your life. And, and everything else that you'll try to find significance in outside of God will come up short every time. It, it, it'll, it'll have significance and, and meaning for the moments, or, or early moments, but eventually it will come up short. And the truth is, is that Every person on the planet that's alive today is worshiping. Even if they're not a Christ follower, we're all worshipers because worship is not music. It's not a part of, of the song service in a church. Worship is what you give your passion to. It's what you give your devotion to, the thing that you're focused upon. And I, and I think the question that we need to pause and ask ourselves from time to time is ask ourselves, is that worship satisfying me? Is the thing that I'm worshiping satisfy me? Because chances are for a lot of people that might be here tonight or watching online, it's not. And, and most people don't actually know the reason why it's not. They, they don't know why they have this hole in their heart. They don't know why that life doesn't seem to add up. They don't know why that they seem to be never satisfied. Why in all of our lives, sometimes there's this longing that's unfulfilled. And, and so what we'll do is we'll constantly go after something and try to get that thing to satisfy the longing in our heart. Instead of putting Jesus at the center of your life, like we looked at last week, we will put our job at the center of our life, or we'll put family at the center of our life, or we'll put sports, even the Dallas Cowboys, at the center of our life. Yes, you all are here tonight. Recreation, hobbies, and, and popularity, fame, success, all of these things are constantly sliding in and out and trying to occupy the center position of our life. And if you look for fulfillment in sports teams, they're always going to let you down. They are. And, and if you look for, for fulfillment in the relationships that are around you, it's 
going to let you down. If you're trying to climb the ladder of success, you might find you get to the top of that ladder only to discover that it's leaning against the wrong wall. And so every one of us is on a search to satisfy again this longing that's in our heart and you'll never be fully satisfied until you come and you make a decision with your life, not just in the middle of a service, to say, oh, come, let us adore him. Let's, let's be passionate about Jesus. Because you see, in the beginning when God created man, he created us body, soul, and spirit. He actually created us in his image. I don't know if you know that, but you're actually created in the image of God. And because we were created in the image of God, we, when we haven't fully surrendered our lives to him, there, there's this God peace, if you will, in our lives that is missing. There, there's this hole that we try to throw a bunch of other things into. See, our, our body, soul, and spirits long to be connected to our creator. And, and, and we sense it. By the way, that's why we're, we're so attracted to music. And, and it's why when you hear a song from your past, it moves you. At, at lunch today, I'm, I'm sitting in the restaurant and suddenly Huey Lewis and the news are singing. And it takes me back a few years. Back to my high school days and college days when I remember Huey Lewis and the news and, and different people. And when we hear the song, it, it moves us. The environment changes. You, you kind of sense it in your soul. You, you sense it in your spirit. See, we are the only part of creation that actually gives worship. We are. There, there are other parts of creation that reflect worship. There are other parts of creation that reflect the goodness of God and our creator, but they don't give it. In fact, you will never drive out in the country and see a circle of cows gathered in a circle going, moo, 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 moo. You won't. Nothing else in all of creation gives worship. That, that's why you, you get so much out of music. You enjoy it when you're in your car because you, you just have this sense your soul and your spirit are connected with it. And here's the point that I want to make. You are, are always going to be in pursuit of the one who gave you life in the first place. And until you find him, nothing will add up. N nothing will completely make sense. Again, it might in the beginning. But, but it won't be lasting. It won't have a lasting effect. See, when Jesus is the center of your life, you'll have peace in your life. E even if there's a storm going on around your life, you're still going to have peace. Because it doesn't matter what's happening on the outside when you have Jesus on the inside. In, in fact, here's the way Isaiah, who foretold the coming of the Savior, said it in Isaiah 26.3. He said, you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. And to understand how to walk in peace, you just walk it backwards. You start by trusting in God. It means you're all in with him. Whether you see the results of what you want to see yet, you trust him. And when you trust him, then your mind is stayed upon him. You're not focused on the storm. You're not focused on the situation. You're focused on Jesus. And that's when peace starts showing up in your life. Even in the midst of life, crazy things that might be happening to you, you can have peace. Because see, I believe that God wants to bring peace into your life today. And for some of you, you're here and you're a follower of Jesus. You love him. You're, to use a poker term, you're all in. You've shoved all the chips into the middle with him. There might be some of you here today or that are watching online and you don't know him. Or, or maybe others of you know him, but you haven't gone all in with him. 
He's not the center of your life. He's not in the, sitting on the throne of your life. And you need to understand that it's not about religion. It's not about church. Some of you have tried that. It's about a relationship. It's about having a relationship with the creator of the universe. And again, it's about putting Jesus in your life where he belongs at the center. And you tonight, all of us tonight, can put him in at the center, can walk out of here and allow something else to jump into the center of our life. So we have to continually go back and put him in the center. It's about having that heart for God that all year long, it's, oh, come, let us adore him. Let me go to church on Sunday because it's about, oh, come, let us adore him. It's about getting up a little bit earlier in the morning so I can get into the word so the word can get into me because it's about, oh, come, let us adore him. It's about praying to him because I recognize that he is the answer to everything that I'm dealing with because it's all about, oh, come, let us adore adore him and it's constantly refocusing our lives to keep Jesus in the center I, I love the Christmas story and, and right in the middle of the Christmas story there's these three people that we call the wise men or the three kings that were actually on a spiritual journey I, I don't know if you ever thought about it that way but I, I want to point out to you tonight that they actually had a God they, they actually had a religion. There was something that they were worshiping, but it wasn't working in their life. That's why they began looking for the Savior. And so in Matthew chapter 2, beginning in verse 1, I'm going to read the 12 verses in Matthew 2 and share this part of the story. It says, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem. And, and I want you to notice that they were given the name Magi. And this, this is a religious group of pagan priests, okay? The, the closest thing that we would have to this today is people who are into the zodiac, people whose lives revolve around the constellations, okay? It's actually witchcraft and sorcery that these magi were actually into. In fact, it's where we get our word magic. And, and, and they came from the east, mean, meaning they came from modern-day Iran or Iraq. Now, that'll mess with your Christmas story, won't it? And, and, and in the middle of this Christmas story, we find in the next verse the, the key or the clue to significance when it says this, and they ask, where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose, and we have come to worship him. See, they recognized that their current religion wasn't working. Their, their center wasn't working. So they ask, where is the one? Because we have come to worship him. Beginning, continuing on in verse three, it says, when King Herod heard this, he was disturbed. He's the king. He doesn't want another king and all Jerusalem with him. And when he had called together all of the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them, where is the Messiah was to be born? In Matthew, in verse five, it says, in Bethlehem in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophets written. Now they're about ready to quote from the book of Micah, which by the way, this is one of 400 prophecies that prophesied the coming Messiah. He says he comes for this, by you, little, by you Bethlehem in the land of Judah are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people in Israel. See, when, when Herod, then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them exactly the time that the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem saying, go and search carefully for the child. 
And as soon as you find him, report it to me so that I too may go and worship him. Now, just so you know, he didn't actually want to worship Jesus. He wanted to kill or to destroy Jesus. Verse 9, and after they had heard the king, they went their way, and the star they had seen, now watch this, the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. Now, I tonight think this is incredibly significant because every one of us that are on the search for significance sometimes feel like our search for significance is a moving target. It feels like we're after something, but it keeps moving. But there's only one place I want you to notice that the star stopped at. And there's only one place where all of our searching will finally be over. It stops over Jesus. It stops over the Christ child. And any time, again, you try to get it in any other place, it will leave you empty. This is the only place where your searching will actually come to an end. And I want to say it again because it's so important for you to understand. It is not about religion. Some of you thought it was about religion and so you tried religion and re religion disappointed you. It's about a relationship and that's why I love to do what I get to do. I get to constantly remind you it's not about these things. It's about Jesus. Because what you will only find true satisfaction in Christ Jesus. Going on in verse 10, it says, And when they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh, verse 12, And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. Now, here's what I'd like you to notice in this passage today. And that's this, there is always something competing for our worship. Something is always, it, there is always a Herod in all of our stories. There, there really is. And they're trying to keep us from worshiping God. See, Satan's ultimate goal is not just to be nasty and, and cruel. Now, he is all of that, but his ultimate goal is to lure you away from worshiping God, to place other things. He'll use good things in our lives, family. Work, success, jobs, all of these amazing things and try to get us to place those things in the center of our lives. But listen, they will not satisfy you. You won't find lasting satisfaction in so that. So while there's a Herod that trying to distract you, there is always a star that is leading you to that place of fulfillment and contentment. That's leading and guiding your life. And, and God will use, this is interesting too, the things that are happening in your life and he'll creatively pursue you, just like he did with the Magi, using a star to pursue astrologers. I think that's amazing because, listen, God wants to get your attention. He wants to get you to a place where you know that your life matters, that, that you know your life matters because you have discovered the Christ child. You have a relationship with God. And when you enter into that relationship with God, again, it's not about religious duty, but relationship that leads you to worship him by placing him at the center of your life. That's why I'd like to encourage you, if you're here tonight or you're watching online and you don't have a place of worship, I'd like to encourage you to come and join us here at Amarillo Fellowship and walk out the purpose that God actually has for you. Well, how do I do that? Well, let me close by saying this. I, I think that we should do the three things that the wise men did, that the magi did. And the first thing is they bowed. 
Bowing is just about surrendering our hearts and lives completely to God. It's putting him in the first position of our life or the best position of our life, not giving him our leftovers. They, they surrendered. It's a, it's a position of lordship. It's living our lives with Jesus again at the center of our lives and then making adjustments as we need when other things get into the center of our life or other priorities get in the wrong place. The second thing is they gave. They gave gold, frankincense, and myrrh. But it was really about giving of what they actually had, giving of themselves. It's again saying, you know what, I'm going all in. I'm all about the kingdom of God. I'm not just going to worship you on Sundays. I'm going all in with you. Here I am giving you my life completely. The third thing is they went back a different way. I have to believe after an encounter with Jesus that they went back different. They, they weren't the same. They weren't the same after having an encounter with Jesus. And, and the Herods in all of our lives are constantly going to be saying, come back, come back to me, come back here. But you're going to have to make a choice and continually make the choice to go a different way. To, to begin to change your behavior, to begin to allow Jesus to sit again on the throne of our life. In fact, if you really do fall in love with Jesus, you won't ever want to go back. If you just know about Jesus, you'll go back. But if you begin to know Jesus and fall in love with Jesus, you'll never want to go back to that place that didn't bring you satisfaction. Listen, but you can't, again, make living for Jesus a religious duty. You have to discover who Jesus is. And I promise you, when you do that, it will change your life forever. That's why one of the things that we like to say around here at Amarillo Fellowship is that if you give us a year, God will change your life forever. If you come here and, and you get involved, meaning you start showing up on Sunday services, you come and celebrate the risen Savior with us, you get to know the amazing people in Amarillo that attend this church. If you get in a small group of other Christ followers that you can allow them to speak into your life, you can speak into their life. If you get, in, get involved in serving, serving here at the church, but not only serving here at the church, serving our city. What if we begin to serve the city and, and you, you get involved by, by giving, giving of yourself, giving of your time, giving of your energy and passion. You do it for a year and I promise you, God will change your life forever. I, I promise that, listen, but that what will happen is the outside will change, which is awesome. But the exciting thing is the inside will change. And when the inside changes, it's amazing things that begin to flow out of your life. But listen, that journey begins by simply doing what the Magi did. They bowed, they gave, and then they went back a different way. And that star, the, the light of God's love, is still standing over Jesus today. It's still beckoning every one of us today. And it's saying to all of us today, here is the light of the world. The light that came to shine in the darkness so you don't ever have to walk in darkness. Come discover the Savior today. Come and discover how amazing He actually is and allow the light of the world to shine in your life. I want to ask you just to bow your head and close your eyes. No one moving around for just the next couple of minutes. I want to ask you if you're here today or you're watching online, are you satisfied with the thing that's at the center of your life? If you're here today going, Pastor Jeff, I've got this hole in my life. I've got this 
hole in my heart and I, I can't figure out what's really going on. Maybe you need to surrender your life to Christ. Maybe it's for the very first time. You, you need to receive him today as your Savior and Lord, but maybe you have, but again, you have other things that are in the center of your life and you're here today going, Pastor Rich, I need to rededicate my life. I'm tired of living the way I'm living. I want Jesus to be at the center of my life. So our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed and I'm gonna to count to three. And when I hit three, I'm gonna invite everyone that's here that says, Pastor Richie, I want Jesus as my Lord and as my Savior to shoot your hand up and hold it up high for just a moment and I'm gonna pray for you. One, two, three, right where you're at. Yes, God bless you. God bless you, God bless you, God bless you, God bless you. Anybody else? Yes, God bless you right back here. Anybody else just slip your hand up, hold it up high for just a moment. Yes, God bless you, sir, right over here. Bless you in the back. If you're online, I want to encourage you to lift up your hands also. Yep, right. God bless you right over here. Yep, God bless you. People's hands are still going up. Yes, God bless you, sir. Like there's probably pretty close to 15. Anybody else? Oh, Pastor Richie, that's me. Yes, God bless you, young lady. You can put your hands down. I'm going to invite everyone that's here and get those that are online. I'm going to say a prayer, and I'm going to ask you just to say it out loud after me. As you say this simple prayer, simple act of faith, God is going to come into your heart and life. You're going to become, the Bible says, a brand new creation. God's going to save you. So as our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed, would everyone just repeat out loud after me? Just say, dear Jesus, thank you for loving me. Thank you for coming to this earth to be born in a manger to die on an old rugged cross to pay the penalty for my sin. Jesus, I believe in you. I do believe that you're the son of God. So thank you for loving me. And I receive you today as my Lord and Savior. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.